Well, good afternoon. I'm Tim Shorey, for those that don't know. I have the joy of being one of the pastors here and the privilege this afternoon of bringing God's Word uh, to our hearts. And so I want to have us bow in prayer and ask the Lord to, to be with us now. Father in heaven, as we often pray, may the, the words of our mouth, may the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. Lord, as we meditate on your word, as we speak forth and hear your word, be pleased, O Lord. And Father, be pleased to bless us, to strengthen us, to show your favor to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we draw near to the Lord at this time through his word, and I do want to say that I hope this past week you've had a chance to stay in Psalm 90 as much as possible. I hope that you've had the opportunity to connect to others. To be sure, we must be socially distanced these days, but not relationally distanced. Let's make sure that we are staying connected to each other and to our neighbors. Uh, I hope you've had a chance, as I recommended last week, to commit to memory the verse that we referenced a number of times, Deuteronomy 33 and verse 27. The eternal God is our dwelling place, and underneath are the everlasting arms. The eternal God is our dwelling place, and underneath us are the everlasting arms. We are taking some time these weeks to go slowly through Psalm 90, and to reflect on the person and the character of God himself. In times like these, what we need more than anything else is to see God as he is. In Daniel chapter 9, we read that the people, the people who know their God, shall stand firm. The people who know their God shall stand firm and take action. That's why we're spending time in Psalm 90, because Psalm 90 teaches us about God. It helps us to know God, and it's those people who know their God who will stand firm in times like this. They will stand firm, and they will take action. Psalm 90 is this amazing psalm written most likely by the prophet and leader Moses, a prayer song composed, we would suspect, toward the end of the period of time when the people of Israel were wandering in the wilderness and a whole generation, the older generation, were dying off because of their sin. Last week I tried to capture the heart of this psalm that is a reflection on human mortality, while at the same time a reflection on God's incredible glory. I summarized it like this, as our mortality quickly sets in, and parenthetically in times like this, 
our mortality is very much on our minds. As our mortality quickly sets in, we must consider carefully six matters, six considerations. The place we live, the God we trust, the forgiveness we need, the future we envision, the prayers we offer, and the work we do. Last week, we stopped in the middle of the second of those considerations. We must consider carefully the God we trust. Having considered carefully the place we live, the Lord must be our dwelling place. We are now looking at the God who we must trust. Who is this God that the psalmist wants us to trust in, to dwell in? Well, we saw last week that he is an eternal God, the eternal God. He is the one who is from everlasting to everlasting. Always in the present tense, he is God. So what else do we learn about God here in this text? I suggest, secondly, that we learn that God is the almighty creator. The almighty creator. Look at verse 2. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. As Moses thought on his and his people's mortality, there was a stark contrast in his mind that made him think about God's eternality. And as he was thinking about the eternal God who is from everlasting to everlasting, he couldn't help but think about God as creator. God is the one who was there at the beginning of all things and brought it all into existence. He formed the earth and the world. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. When the beginning began, God was already there, and he brought it all forth. Everything that is, is because God is, and because God has made it. Once, there was a time when there was nothing except God. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And then God spoke, and through the word of his power, the heavens and the earth were made. God in his eternal bliss and joy and love overflowed in the work of creation. He brought forth the mountains. He brought forth the earth. He brought forth everything. This is the God that Moses draws our attention to. Friends, there, there are times, and these are times, that are good times to break out the ancient creeds and confessions and review them, to consider what Bible Christians have always believed. What is it that we as Christians believe in the midst of a pandemic that is spreading all over the earth. What is it that we believe? We believe in God, the Father Almighty, 
maker of heaven and earth. This, this earth that is at this moment diseased, we believe that God the Father Almighty is the maker of heaven and of earth. Do you believe that? You need to believe that. You must believe that. First, because it is true. And secondly, because there is no way to rightly live on planet earth unless you know the one who has made it. Do you believe in the one true and living God, almighty creator, who created all that is out of nothing, with each creature being formed according to its kind, and we as human beings made in the image of God for his glory and our joy? Do you believe that? I know, I know that if my Risen Hope family was here in this building right now, I'd be hearing some amens to that. Do you believe that God stands astride over all that is as its sovereign and almighty maker? This is the great foundational truth upon which everything rests and all of our faith and hope rests. We believe that things have not come into existence out of nothing. We believe that because some things exist, there must have been someone or something that has always existed. And, and since we know that this universe has not always existed, then there must be something or someone who predates all that exists and transcends all that now is, who brought it all into being. And that someone is God. We believe in God the Father Almighty. I want to make that even more personal for us this afternoon. Can you confess this with confidence? Can you confess, I believe in God the Father Almighty, my Maker. I believe in God the Father Almighty. Almighty, the maker of my soul and my spirit and my body and all that I am. Do you believe that God made you? Do you believe that you are a living, breathing expression? of the personal, creative inspiration and overflowing love of God. Do you believe that God made you? The psalmist David in Psalm 139 sings these words to the Lord. You formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. The psalmist says, Lord, you 
formed me. You made me. And I am fearfully and wonderfully made. God made me. God made you. God made us. And that means in this moment, in this crisis, that means that we matter to Him. Psalm 100 says, Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into His presence with singing. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who made us, and we are His. He has made us, and we are His. If He made us, then we belong to Him. And if we belong to Him, then we matter to Him. Here is a God that is worthy of our trust. Here is a God who is a good dwelling place for those of us who are facing in these days the uncertainty, the vulnerability, the mortality of human existence. God is the almighty creator of all that is including you and me. So, who is our dwelling place? He is God, an eternal person, and He is the Almighty Creator. And then third, and briefly, God is the author of life. The author of life and the arbiter or the decider or the determiner of death. Look at verse 3 of Psalm 90, where the psalmist, where Moses turns his attention to the Lord and says, you return man to dust, and you say, return, O children of man, for a thousand years in your sight are but as yesterday when it is past, or as a watch in the night, you sweep them away as with a flood. They are like a dream, like grass that is renewed in the morning. In the morning it flourishes and is renewed. In the evening it fades and withers, for we are brought to an end by your anger, by your wrath. We are dismayed. Notice this. You return man to the dust. You say, return, O children of man. This is so humbling for us as human beings. God returns us to the dust. God commands the timing of our return, of our passing. When God says it's time, He removes His sustaining and keeping hand in our lives. We're all on the clock, if you will. We all have an allotted time. Psalm 39 in verse 4, O Lord, make me to know my end. What is the measure of my days? There is a measure to our days. There is an allotted time and an end to that time. Acts 17, he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on the earth, having determined their allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling places. And he is not far from each one of us, for in him we live and move and have our 
being or our existence. Psalm 139, your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. This is humbling, isn't it? It's humbling to any and all of us human beings who self-confidently and self-assertively say, hey, we've got this crisis, we'll beat it. We're good, we're great, our medicine, our money, our technology, our power, we've got this. No, we don't. No, we don't. God does. God does. This is humbling. But it is, perhaps surprisingly, comforting as well. Because you know, when we think that we've got it, when, when we think that life is in our hands, when, when we think that we have control, it leads to profound anxiety and stress and a deep sense of helplessness and hopelessness when the things that we thought we had control over, we find out we have no control over. When we feel that we are the ones who keep ourselves alive, then we introduce into our lives and hearts and minds a task that we cannot possibly complete. God is the only one who keeps himself alive. And it is in him that we live and move and have our existence. It is the direct, sovereign, providential hand of God that determines the number of our days that keeps us alive and decides when our time is up. We do not keep ourselves alive, but he does. Our life is not determined by our genes or our diet or our bloodlines or our pedigree or having the right shot or inoculation or cure. Our life is in the hands of God. So I can do due diligence. I can wash my hands a hundred times a day. I can get exercise and eat and enjoy food in moderation and maintain social distancing and then just say, God has this. I am in the hands of God. I need not fret or worry or be anxious. I can know. I can know, and how comforting this is. I can know that I will never die one second sooner than what God permits, nor will I ever live one moment longer than what God ordains. And here we rest. It's a good place to rest. He who, he who dwells in the shadow of the Almighty, dwells in a safe, safe place. I want to close with some words from an old catechism, the old Heidelberg catechism. 
Catechism is a series of questions that are designed to teach and instruct and lead people and children into an understanding of the truth. And in the old Heidelberg Confession and Catechism, there are three or four questions that I will leave you with now. Question one, what do you understand by the providence of God? What's the providence of God? What does it mean that God is the creator and the sustainer of our lives? The answer, the almighty and ever-present power of God by which God upholds as with his hand heaven and earth and all creatures and so rules them that leaf and blade, rain and drought, fruitful and lean years, food and drink, health and sickness, prosperity and poverty, all things in fact come to us not by chance but by his fatherly hand. Question, how does the knowledge of God's creation and providence help us? The answer, we can be patient when things go against us, thankful when things go well. And for the future, we can have good confidence in our faithful God and Father that nothing in creation will separate us from his love. For all creatures, all creatures are so completely in God's hand that without his will, they can neither move nor be moved. Question, what is your only comfort in life? and death? The answer? That I am not my own. Hear that. What is your only comfort in life and death in the face of a coronavirus and a pandemic? What is your only comfort in life and death? That I am not my own but belong with body and soul, both in life and in death, to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. He has fully paid for all my sins with his precious blood and has set me free from all the power of the devil. He also preserves me in such a way that without the will of my heavenly Father, not a hair can fall from my head. Indeed, all things must work together for my salvation. The people who know their God shall stand firm and take action. There is no greater need in our lives than to make sure we know God and his son, Jesus Christ. That one who paid, fully paid, the penalty and punishment for our sins. That one who purchased us so that we are no longer our own, but belong to him. 
that one that he has promised to never lose, to never let go of. He is our God, and he is our dwelling place. Let us live, let us live, let us dwell, let us stay in him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, precious Lord Jesus Christ, would you please show us your goodness and your glory to such a degree that our faith will be strong, that we who know our God will stand firm in this hour of distress and crisis, knowing that we are not our own, we belong to you. You are our maker, our redeemer, and our friend. We give ourselves to you, O Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.